In the music industry, you'll always find interesting people, people who don't just do the blah, blah, or even the singing, who get out there and make a difference. One of these people would then be Hilton Peterson, who is founding member of the Jesus Collective. Hilton, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It is, uh, we are live and God is on the throne, so I'm happy. Morse in South Africa and all over the world. What a privilege to know him at least. You don't have to do life without him. And you, of all people, know that God can change your life completely. So let's go get you there at birth your childhood years that you grew up where nobody would expect the doctor and founder of the Jesus Collective would come from. Give me a little insight. Yeah, I'm, I'm from a small place called uh, Aston um, in the Western Cape. Um, but actually also my my mother also used to travel a lot. So we I had my primary years in Felizdor, um and then high school years in Aston. Um, and this is where we lived until I left school and went to go study, or tried to study at least. And, uh, yeah, so that is where I'm from. Uh, we have a, a, a journey that God took us through when we left Felizdor. We got to Aston and I found myself living in a smaller pandoki, smaller usek, and I was so confused as a small boy. What is happening from walls into a tin house? Um, that was so confusing, but this is where we lived for 18 years, and this is where my, I think my character was bold, and I had most conversations with God as a young teenager, as an, as an, um, as an adult. I had a lot of conversations, a lot of questions. I was reading this morning what I book at, where it was just speaking about the evil that's going on in the world and when is God going to come through the complaint that he had and not knowing that God was about in that process of doing something new. Well, exactly. But that all changed. I'd love to find out how God moves you from there because so many people feel they do not have a future at all because of circumstances. And yet, yes. you're not where you were then. How did God accomplish that? Look, I think it is, uh, I had a tremendous role of my mother, who was Auntie Sandra. Um, she, late Auntie Sandra, she had a tremendous role in building my, my, I mean, obviously thinking about that, you, you obviously have a low, a low self-confidence, um, and a low self-esteem. And, and she was the one that always used to hit me <laughs> behind my back and says, chest out. No matter where you live, chest out and your head up. And so she said, always under pressure to remain up. She always used to call it this way. She always used to say, at, whenever you're under pressure at six o'clock, you have to remain like you're at 12 o'clock. So, so then she was always the person that amongst all of the circumstances coming in, only seeing foundation for 18 years, she always used to tell me, uh, that, that God was about to come through. The only problem and challenge that I had was with the waiting, obviously. You know, I had a challenge as a young boy with, okay, if you're saying God is going to come through, when is he going to come through, you know? And how is he going to build this house? But my mom never wavered. She always was unexpectedly waiting for him, patiently waiting for him, you know? And, you know, sometimes with a farmer, the word says, as as, as with a farmer, where he plants and harvests and and then he waits, you know, because he's in no control of the circumstances. And so I think when people have to wait, a certain time, we have to come become like this farmer that to say that I'm going to plant this and I have no control over the sunshine 
I have no control of the economy. I have no control over the rain, late rain or early rain. I have no control over that. But I just need to be expectant. But the only thing that people always say is that, you know, the past should never be taken to your present and your future. But in this instance, you have to go in the past, things that God has done, the past season, how God has come through for the farmer. Then you have to go there to remind, to remain confident that God can come through again. So yeah, so later in my years, my mom used to have dreams about um, um, how she sees me overlooking a house, a balcony with a pool. And now you must remember, I stay in a sack, so that was yeah. so confusing. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so she always used to have these dreams. And I think these visions that she had, that is what really made me to strive more to, to basically go and see and test. But in that time, the devil would always come and make me discouraged. But there was always this thing to say, okay, let me, let me aspire to live, to taste that, what my mom has told me about. So then what did you study? Uh, lots of things. So, so I, I, I had a broken up, uh, obviously broken up uh, studies. Uh, my stepdad got sick, so I first did public management, and then my, my my stepdad got sick, and then I had to go work. And I was actually the breadwinner since the age of what sixteen for the house because I also played cricket yeah, for, yeah, yeah. and I got match fees. Yeah, so I, I became the breadwinner early in, in, in my life. Um, so I had to study when I got from school. I studied uh, two years public management uh, and then worked at the local government, either city of Cape Town or Eastern Municipality. Um, and then from there, while still playing cricket, I got opened up a beautiful door where I then moved to SARS um, and then I had to go work for Dr. Praveen Gordon. And then I studied at Tux, my, my taxation that's a good thing to study in South Africa. You'll never have a boring life, that's for sure. <laughs> so what do you do now? What is, what is it that fills your days these days? Yeah, so, so obviously God has been good. I've earned a lot of experience. Um, so I've got my own consulting company in, in, in the restructuring and, and taxation space. Um, um, I have um, then the Jesus Collective that I run as a, I would say it's, people call it a hobby, but I call it as a passion, a uh, passion for God's people. Um, and so that would be between my days, between work and between the, the, the passion that God has and the mandate that God has given me for the lost to go after the souls that God needs to, to win just before he comes back because we all know that Jesus is coming back soon. Yeah, but I'm wondering, so the cricket and SARS and music, how the, how the music flourish in between all of this other <laughs> stuff that got nothing to do with it? Our families was my, my, my grandmother, my, our family, just the Mormons, the Petersons, Taftas, we were all f- just in the music industry. Um, they all sang, they all played an instrument. I mean, um, I was saying to the other day, my mom was a fan of, uh, the late Nico Carson's with the accordion. So I can play an accordion. I can play wow. a cosatina. <laughs> I can play a cosatina. I can play a harp. Uh, because we were self-taught by either my mom or whoever taught my mom. And so, so yeah. And so we all just musically, whenever we get together, we just used to sing and, and we still sing when we get together. We love to sing. I, well, I can't sing to save my life, but <laughs> you know, you, you love, we just love music. And I've noticed that through the trouble time, but some time that music was always the thing that that helped me get through that difficult time and I think when my late mom in 2016 passed away 
it was through this music, the encounter with the Holy Spirit and the presence of God, that I got my 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 rescuing from from the state of depression. Sure. Yeah, depression seems to be something that many of the artists specifically faced, not only because of corona, but just the challenges of of you've got this passion, you want to do it, but you've got to eat. And somehow that was very, very hard for many of the artists. And you knew quite a few of these artists as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, we had just had a, a, a discussion with a friend uh, in last week, um, um, and, and I was just saying that, you know, in all of this, you know, when you play professional sport, you have a contract, um, and even in this COVID, there was no games, but they still got paid. But the industry, the music industry was completely different. They, they fit and their, and their pockets were filled from people coming to their source, from people wanting to listen to their music. And that has completely stopped. Amen. Mm. So anything now, what, what has happened now is, um, and so I was thinking the other day is, is I hear of somebody that says he doesn't want to hear music sound for the next he's just not in that space but this is a a, a a remarkable person in this country you know and for him he, he doesn't want anything to do with music um, because this industry this I think that's that's the first sign of depression so so I was actually thinking of just doing a thing where you know the, the phones are off and people just gather together just to get into the presence of God, because the word says, and I think it's in the Romans, it says that in your weakness, the Holy Spirit intercedes. Mm. And so sometimes people find themselves uh, without the Holy Spirit, because in my secretly depressed states, I could listen and be guided by the Holy Spirit to say, do A, B, C, D, and that rescued my life. And so there's a lot of people just before they go into that, that weak space, they already has disconnected from the Holy Spirit, who's supposed to intercede for us. And so whoever's out there that, that knows that, look, I, it's just to find that space and place that isolation with God. It was Jesus when John passed away. Then when he grieved, he had that isolation time with God. You see how the enemy comes with, uh, with isolation, mm. with his plan. Mm. But that's the isolation. After Jesus had the grief, after John, he went to isolate with God. And this is where we get our strength. This is where we get our, our, our next move from the inner strength of our hearts, the inner strength and energizing of our hearts. So that's, that's basically where, where I think for me was really a, a good thing because I did isolate myself with God. I have many questions to him. That's a fine. Ask him why. Ask him why is this is happening like a Habakkuk again. But at least when you have that isolation with him, you will find your answers. Well, you do believe in community, that I can see. When it comes to your studies, that was something that was, was very important to you. So I wasn't surprised that you um, started Jesus Collective. So how did that happen? So obviously, like I said, I come from a small town, Aston, and there's... Um, lots of communities around me, um, Robertson, Montague, Bonneville, um, Zolani, Cobela, Zolatemba, Wooster. Um, but not so much Wooster, but those small regions, the, the Montagues, the Bonnevilles, the Estens. So those places, I, I thought to myself, I had a, a pastor friend of mine that I just wanted to assist in his church. And, and I said, look, can I not ask friends of mine to come 
to your to your church and help you grow the church because God has also given me the uh, the the gift of restructuring churches and advise and and, and help people to build the church. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, and so I said to him, "Look, let us start doing evangelism through music." And so I met. I think I met Loiso in 2012 the latter part of, of, of 2012. And then in 2013, we, we embarked on going down to Aston. And our first outreach was on a field, um, uh, in the cold, in the middle of winter. It was myself, Mahalia, and, and Lohiso, and the late Sipokazi was also part of our group. They passed away during last year. So the three of them was the inception of this group basically. So we went out and I, I tell you this pastor grew from not that that is important, but he grew from 70 members to over 600 to 700 people in one year. Um, and so growth took place. We started feeding people and then um, you know, and all of this, bringing Luiso, Supercars and, 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 and Mahalia, you know, Sunday lunch, my mom would be ready and make us lunch after church and then we were out of there, you know what I'm saying? Then in 2016, I had a terrible incident where my mom then passed away mm-hmm. where I went into this depressing state secretively like a Joseph. Um, I, I never wanted anything to do with God, never wanted anything to do with church. I, I, I was just angry. Uh, because the devil preached to me, you wanted your mom to be alive. So how are you asking God now? Why is nothing happening? Why did she die? So I was in a very dark space. And through um, uh, the pastor asking me for another outfit, I said, look, I can get people to come, but I'm not going to come. And then uh, we, I eventually then went to Monday night uh, for the whole week. And on the Sunday, all the artists that came in the week, we had all the artists on the Sunday singing together. And Loisa looked at me and he goes, collective worship. And I said to him, as long as Jesus is the center. And this is what we call it, the Jesus Collective. Mm. And so this is where it just started with the name. But it's since 2013, but 2016, it, it, it got a name. Um, and then we we went out to towns, like remote poverty-stricken towns. We would go out. I would bring people there. For people that would never in their life be able to see a little show, never they're able to like see a Kaya, mm. uh, a Flair, or on Tokozo, and that has always been the mandate of, of, of this vision. And then, what does it feel like when, you, when you're doing this? Because, you know, long before it had a name and you were out there, it's not that it's something that's covered by media or anything like this. You, you can't build anything or even make a living from something that costs you more than actually <laughs> you actually yes. get out of this. But it just feels different inside when you're doing this thing that God has commanded you to do. Go get out there and to be making disciples and to using what he's given you, your voice or your talent or your instrument, to do exactly what he says, to tell people about Jesus. There's something extremely rewarding in doing that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I think one of the things is, um, um, I think the Best part of everything. I was sitting the other day and, and, and the Holy Spirit was just teaching to me to say that in the middle of COVID, in the middle, like, I mean, when the, the, the president said 50 people, 
the Holy Spirit gave me, he said, right, go out and just be 50 people in a room and just, you know, you just play music, you pray against whatever you need to pray for the sick to be healed, for the families that have lost loved ones to be strengthened. So that was the initiative that we had. So we had many things that was not even media covered. It was, we just got together, we just praised the name of Jesus, we were just in His presence, we were just bowing down to Him, understanding, just exalting His name to let Him know that He's still God, you know. And so we moved outside when the president said that now that we could go outside and as long as we can just have masks, I went outside on a truck. So then I got in the Holy Spirit brain brought that initiative to me to be outside on a truck and go to all the places where it was identified as hotspots. <laughs> and then we went to those places, went to the hotspot places. And the most amazing part of all of that was seeing how people came to Christ in the pandemic. That was the most amazing part. Somewhere, I mean, we got the, the, the video footage of that and I, somewhere I think, uh, sir threw one of the two videos on, on our Facebook page. And, and uh, that for me was so fulfilling to see people, um, um, uh, coming to Christ. But it, the most important part of it was in Worcester when I think we went to Rodeval and it was very close to the Ibn Donjas hospital. And we started singing them, playing the music, and we played the music. Then we saw an ambulance coming to the site, and we were like, ooh, somebody's going to come and shut us down, and the police. And then they came, or fire fire truck, and then they came and they said, the people said that they've opened all the windows at the hospital <laughs> because people just, you know, some felt better, some got healed, some came out of comas. Some, it was just the most amazing story. <laughs> My family tearing now. But it, that for me was, of all of that trust that we took, that was for me the most fulfilling part. Because somewhere in all of it, you're like, so why are you doing that? Because you're just singing here to people. But when we got the news that all the windows were open at the hospital and the people just asked to open it because they could hear the music from where we were playing. And we, I think we were initially, initially supposed to be there for an hour, but I think we pushed there for three hours and we just continued going until it was dark. And, and, and yeah. And so that, that in that time, just to let people know that yes, we might be in something that is unprecedented that we don't know, but it is faith over fear continuously that God is alive. No much to you in the storm, um, that we have to have patience in pain unexplainable. Mm. I like what I'm hearing, the fact that when you took your eyes off yourself, because a lot of depression is, why did this happen to me? Why did someone I love um, got taken? You know, yes. how does life affect me? Um, it spirals inward. That's depression so many times. You can't get away from yourself. But somehow yes. when you put the focus on others and their needs and you start giving, even though you feel you've got nothing to give, but you give what you've got, you get healed in the process. 100%. 100%. So because it's, it's you prophesying over what you have left. So sometimes what we have left is what we complain about. <laughs> you get my point? Yeah. But it's you. When you go out, when I go out, I'm like, okay, Father, this is the only thing that I have. I only have you. I only have the voice to tell people that you're still safe, that you still deliver. That is the only thing that I have. So then I use this to go out 
and 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 that has been impacting people's life in such a uh, a weird way, you know what I'm saying? I, I landed last night from, from Cape Town and I landed last night and I walked out of it and four people came, you know, and the one was just saying, <laughs> the person that says, you, sir, must never stop praying. I'm like, huh? He says, no, you, you must, I've seen your videos, don't stop, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, this is in the complete overtumble, you get my point? Yeah. So you, you would not understand who you were affecting by when you do God's God's business, you know, when you do God's business, you never, because after all, this is what Mary said. Mary said, just do what he says, because Mary said, I will be in your presence, which is the wedding. She was at the wedding in this, in the presence of the wedding, but says to the servant, just do what he says for Jesus now. Then I assume, I always tell people this, I think the Bible in character. Then she had a conversation with God. She said, listen to me, you said you will give me a son and you will save the world. You know what I'm saying? For over 30 years, nothing happened. <laughs> he just played amongst kids and I, I did not see you do any miracles yet. But you, I know what your angel told me. So I'm going to send this boy back into the wedding <laughs> and the performance is on you. You know what I'm saying? So I feel, you know, what I have taken in this is I've just said, Father, I'm going to be in the presence but the performance should never be on us, but it should always be on you. Mm. When you are weak, yeah. he is strong. Then when we are weak, you are strong, yes. And in this time, eh, none of us was affected. I'm telling you all of that time, none of us COVID was, was affected. You see, that's when Jesus Collective goes where angels fear to trade. Okay, Hilton, <laughs> tell me if people want to follow you guys, if they want to know about the new music, because you keep producing beautiful new music and you are out there. If they want to follow you, where do they go to? They go obviously to the Jesus Collective, uh, an Instagram, Jesus Collective ZA, uh, Instagram page. Um, and then they have the Facebook page, the Jesus Collective. Um, then they can follow it on there. Uh, the Jesus Collective is ZA uh, Facebook also um, for for new music and for whatever. We're doing a new single coming out on the 15th. We have a new single coming out, Kuyen Zeka. We are so excited about it.